Hello, everybody. Live from our home at SoFi Stadium, it is the Ozone. The Bro Zone. It's the Bro Zone, dude. Watch out, bro. Been a long time since we've been here. I've been out working. Sorry, folks. I, you know, I, 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 gotta, I gotta do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I owe to Dennis. Uh, but no, we're back. We got a lot to talk about. A lot of boxing. A lot of boxing. Some football, some basketball. Baseball players are locked out of their jobs. What's going on here, people? Sonic Control. Sonic Control. I'm here with my brother, the icons, Terry Miller. How Let's do it. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay. It's been like well, a month and some change. So if you're ready to go, Let's get straight into it. Since the last time we spoke to you, the Astros had just lost the World Series. You want to bring that old news up? I thought we were on to something new. We are, and we're actually on the new new, and the young man's name is Shushu. The latest boxing sensation from Brownsville, Bruce Shushu Carrington. What's happening, young man? What's up, what's up, what's up, man? How you guys doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, No problem. Thank you for having me. So... We got connected to you through a family friend that's also yeah. a family friend of ours uh-huh. that's terrible at fantasy baseball. Shout out to Tim. <laughs> 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 but you know what, man? I just saw, I was looking on your Instagram and I just saw we got another friend in common. You did oh, yeah. some work on the Willie Pep movie, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the work. Oh, wow, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing some work on a Willie Pep movie, um, you know, with uh, James Matteo. And uh, it's, it's, Yo, I can't wait for it to come out. It's going to be an amazing movie, an amazing, you know, whole setup. It's actually my first time actually even being in a, you know, a movie set like that. Like, I have my own um, uh, documentary, like 30 seconds, but like, and actually like a movie, first time ever. Yeah. Experience, you know what I'm saying? And uh, something definitely look look forward to. How'd you like it? Uh, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful experience. Like, I mean, I've, I was only on set for about like a week, but they had me like, you know, in a, in a, um, a small role. So like, like I'm like a guy basically that's sparring uh, Willie Pep when he's older in age, and uh, you know, and Willie Pep trying to get back into the game, and uh, and uh, I'm glad that I got a couple like little shots in, in myself, like you know, with the camera, I got a little, you know, a little, you know, solo shots and whatever. Like it was a it was a great experience, man. The whole the whole cast is like you could tell like they're like a big family. Oh yeah, and they got me in there to pull me in, like you know, I was family. I like I was in. There working with them the whole time, you know. It was yeah, it was a, a team great. sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it a team great. sport. So the connection is me and Jimmy Mario. When I first got back uh, from school, I went to school in San Jose. When I first got back to Los Angeles, the first gig I had was a stage play that we did, and it was oh, yeah? me and him, and we played athletes on a uh, on a football team that was a semi pro football team, and we were both waiting to find out if we made the team, but we were roommates. And the big twist was, you know, Jimmy's size. That's why he's so good at playing an older Willie Pep. Yeah. The twist was, he goes to the bathroom. I get the phone call that they picked me up, and he ain't going to make the team. So he comes back all all pumped up. And, yeah, man, this is like 20 years ago. I've known Jimmy for about 20 years now. And so when I just saw your thing on Instagram, I was like, oh, that's my man. (laughs) (laughs) That's my man. And there's lessons there. It was so dope. I was like kind of starstruck when I when I started to realize like who I was around. Like you have uh, uh, Stephen Lang there as the coach of Willie Pep, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, hold on, is that the guy from Don't Breathe? Like, like yes, I'm yes, it is. It blew my mind, bro. It blew my mind. Yes, you know it's, I mean? it's great. That's it's, that's a great experience for you, especially yeah, yeah, to have yeah. it in your field. You know, in a, a film yeah. about boxing. That's really great because Father Time is undefeated. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned there about, you know, fighting late and getting back into the game late and this, that, and the other, when it's time to hang it up. And which leads me to where I want to talk to you about now. 
Man, you're a young man. How old are you? I'm 24 years old. 24. 24 years old. You're in the game, and you just went pro. You, you look really sharp in your debut. You were really on the for, for those who didn't know, uh, Shushu was on the Wilder Fury three, which is arguably fight of the year candidate. Yeah, he, yeah. He was on the undercard there and handled his business in a in a match against. Honestly, God, what we were just talking about, it's not like they gave you a cookie for your pro debut. Right. That that guy Cantu was tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a tough guy. Tough dude. Um, you know, it was a uh, guy was three and one coming in the game at three and one. And uh, yeah, he's de- definitely a tough guy and he wasn't going anywhere, man. I'll I saw you, that. Man. You unloaded on him and he was he was taking punches. He took a lot of punishment, man. You invested in the body. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I noticed? You know, you know what I noticed? Sorry to cut you off, but you know what I noticed? Okay. A lot of young guys, a lot of guys coming in the game. I, I'm not even going to say young guys, but a lot of guys coming in the game pro debut. They want to go out there straight and straight and knock the guy out. But sometimes they forget to, like, you know, showcase their abilities and showcase their talent. So I wanted to, you know, have a all-around performance. Like, I wanted to box the guy. I wanted to show that I have a good jab. I wanted to show that I have decent power. And then I wanted to throw in body shots in there as well, too. Sometimes guys want to go in there and knock the guy out. Right. Like, no, you can see every bit of me every single fight that I have and you're going to know what's up. Like that's just, his, that's just kind of the energy that, that I'm going to bring into every fight. You're going to have a crowd pleasing performance and you're going to know who Bruce Shushu Carrington is every single fight that I have. Now, let me ask you this. What was the big difference to you as far as the professional debut and the amateurs? Um, uh, the only difference honestly was because is, is, uh, just the smaller gloves because I mean, and, and then no shirt, you know, you're not fighting with a shirt on. That's really the difference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I, I get to flex my hands a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's a good thing you're sporting the bulletproof vest. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, but I, me being an athlete, me being on a uh, team USA and stuff like that. You know, uh, you know, you you fight overseas and you fight without headgear. So that was something that I was already used to. I was already fighting without headgear, feeling the punches that are. But you do feel the difference between it. 10 ounce gloves and eight ounce gloves. Like you feel a total difference. Really? Like you didn't definitely have to be aware. Like, you know, like, all right, this, even if it's a, a flimsy punch, like even that little punch could make you, you know, could hurt you. You can even feel that it. little punch. kind of thing. Yeah. You got to be hyper-focused, hyper-focused, but it's something that I love though, bro. Like, I just love fighting, man. Like I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I got all the, the, the shackles off and yeah, go time. Yeah, go time. Open man. it up. That's you got the Ferrari. You got to open her up on the highway. You can't. You can't keep it in the garage. But tell us yeah. about your experience with USA Boxing with Team USA. That's a, that's yeah, a man, special I'm thing. You know, I'm still representing. I see that. I see that. I mean, of course, you know, uh, like they, them, uh, them guys have helped me. Helped me, you know, turn into the boxer that I am right now. You know, uh, they they definitely molded me into a better boxer. Uh, I remember back in 2016. Um, I was the uh, Olympic alternate for the 2016 team. Like, I didn't make the Olympic spot. But, well, you know, for some, you know, complications that I, I had no power over. Like, I, I tried. I, I went through all of the, you know, the whole process of trying to get on the team, and I still couldn't make it through. But here or there, the, 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 it was the fact that once I became an alternate, then that's when I finally got hands-on with the head of Team USA. And... I started to realize how much I needed to learn. Like I had no international experience at the time. I had, you know, I was still young, 19 years, 18, 19 years old. And I had a lot of growing to do. And I remember the first time I went to overseas and I fought my first overseas fight. 
you know, I, I, I sat, I, I was thinking about turning pro. I stepped back, humbled myself and realized that I had a lot to learn, a lot of stuff to learn. And in those years coming to 2020, 2021, I was with Team USA and working with them. And then they molded me into a much better fighter and a much, much more patient fighter, smarter fighter. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for that, man, because I'm going to take that momentum and just, you know, take over the pro game from what they've taught me. You know what I mean? That's like, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You see, man, you're talking the right way because uh, the, we, we've seen, especially over the past month, We've seen a lot of fights where the brash and cocky guy, it, it doesn't have work a, out the right way. Yeah, he has to have a slice of humble pie. You got to eat him a, a, a half a half a pie. <laughs> yeah, let me get a, you know, I want a slice. You know, I don't want a slice. Let me get a whole pie. <laughs> and, you know, you got guys eating that humble pie, and it's better to eat in advance. You know, I, I'm not going to say any names, but I've noticed that that's been happening recently for the last few. Yes. Right. Yes. Recently. So I'm just like. Yeah, you guys got a point about that right there. You definitely got definitely have a point about that right there, you know. But I, well, I'm just gonna bring my own personality to to the game, man. Like, you know, I, I, I understand like sometimes people like that controversy and stuff like that. I shoot, I like it too. Like it is, it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Man. But you know what I mean. But hey, I'm gonna definitely just bring my own personality to the game. You know what I mean? If, if somebody, you know, if everybody cool, chill. Then I'm gonna be cool, chill. But if somebody gonna try to bring that monster out of me, then you are gonna see the real Browns will come out of Shushu, and that's just gonna be that. I ain't gonna say too much, you know. On that, that's you know? what's up. But now, now talk to us about being from an area with a lineage of so many fighters. Do you get yeah. to speak to the guys, to the to the to the the Tyson's of the world, the Shannon Briggs of the world, the Riddick Bowes, the Super Judas? You know, you guys have a a, a thorough heavyweight legacy. Talk yeah, to me yeah. about where you're from and what that did to make you say, hey, I want to do this instead of playing hoops or tennis or baseball yeah. or basketball. You know, talk to us about that. You know, that's crazy because before I started boxing, I definitely wanted to play ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody wanted to play ball around the early, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? So it was just like something. But I've always watched boxing with me and with my dad before I started boxing because obviously Mike Tyson, really Bowl, them guys, like, they're like basically like gods in Brownsville, bro. You know what I mean? So it's like... You, it's hard yeah, to do I, it bigger than they did it. They right? did it, you know. They did it the, the biggest. They did it the biggest. And then you talk about Mike Tyson, man, one of the greatest ever. Do it when you talk about Mayweather, Muhammad Ali. You know you're gonna talk about. You don't hear Tyson's name come out. Like, come on, it's like you know he's one of the main guys in boxing. Period. He's an icon in, of the world. Oh, absolutely. So, so, so it's like for me to, you know, it was just something natural. Like you know, just just coming from there, having that lineage and. You kind of notice that you, you got to have like a little weight on your shoulders. There's a little pressure, have. huh? Yeah, it's a little pressure, definitely. But I feel like, you know, the type of person that I am, the type of fighter that I am, that I'm ready for. Like, I'm, I was lucky to have the, you know, opportunities to chill, like have one-on-ones with Mike Tyson. Mm. Like me and Zabzuda are actually really close. Like we're really good friends. He came to my fight, actually, for my, my pro debut in Vegas. Oh, that's came, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Shannon Briggs, another guy, close friends with Shannon Briggs. And, you know, it was just like these guys, they always give me, you know, food for thought. They always give me a lot of pointers and a lot of different things that's going to the next step. Like, I was really hands-on with a lot of them guys coming into the pro ranks because, you know, I, I know I've done great in my success with amateurs, but it's a total different it's ball a different game. game. It's a different game. It's a different This is for the money, literally. Right. Now. This is, this yeah, is yeah. legacy. This is money. This is yeah. your your livelihood. This is a career choice now. That's a different animal. Speaking yeah, of that, I, I, though, yeah, you you're yeah, you're yeah. one of the, the the fighters that trains with your father. Now yeah, we've been yeah. seeing a lot of that in the last uh, yeah. month. Has been at the top of the list as well. We got a lot of 
uh, uh, father and son duos uh, that have been in the mix. We got Vasily Lomachenko and his pops that are fighting this Saturday. Mm-hmm. You got Sean Porter and Kenny, and, and, and Sean just retired. You know, you got Tiafimo Jr. and Sr. The list yeah. goes on and on and on. Now, uh, you got Devin Haney and Bill Haney. That, yeah, that, the Garcias. That, that the Garcias, you know. But I'm just talking about the just fought within the last month. Right. So now, how do you, how do you feel about working with your dad? I mean, your dad's gonna see it, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> he tortures me. I hate now. <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy for that was good. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> no, man. But I, I want. I'm, listen, I'm glad you asked that question because I want this to be put out into the world, and so people can see and know and know this. Ever since I started boxing, like, you know, the, 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 the grand scheme of you know, things is, you know, oh, fathers are not usually there for their children and this and that. And the third fatherless children is, you know, ever since I started boxing, I've seen nothing but father-son relationships. Right. Nothing but, so all of this stuff that you guys are seeing now with Bill Haney and Lomachenko, yada, 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 you come into the boxing world, that's all you're going to see. You're going to see. Uh, nothing but father-son relationships. You're going to see nothing but that. Like, even my guy, Richard Torres, he his father, a head coach, like, he, he was the heavyweight of the, uh, uh, of the Indian Olympic team. He, he was also a silver medalist. Like, you know, it's plenty of those. You know what I'm saying? Like, so many dads don't get, you know, their, like, their just due and their appreciation when it comes to, you know, things like that. Like, you know, I understand how the way the world is and stuff like that, but in the boxing world, Dads are not are one hundred percent in their in their uh, sons' lives, sons or daughters' lives. Like they're they're one hundred percent there. And working with my dad, man, it's like it was the best thing. I honestly don't know where I would be if my dad wasn't here. I don't I honestly don't know if my dad wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, especially growing up in Brownsville. Yeah, like it, it's immediately like you know you're gonna be you can definitely be a product of your environment. You can definitely be um, you know sucked in into know certain things you know that can lead you in the wrong direction my yeah, dad destructive he things he understood at a young age like he knew he taught me like the better things in life at a young age like he had me like traveling to different places and learning other people's struggles and other people's values and had me put in perspective of what i thought was a struggle in comparison to this person that can't even wash with clean water like you know what I'm saying? Like my, my dad put all those things in perspective. So, man, and 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 then and 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 tons of other things more that I can't even get into. Like my dad is 100 percent like you know probably the the greatest thing that ever happened to me. God, he blessed me with a dad like him. Kudos awesome. to Mr. Carrington, yeah. and kudos to you as a young man for recognizing that because there's a lot of uh, young people who don't recognize that. You know, they don't recognize the blessing that they have there. And you know, we're really big on giving people their flowers while they're here, and that that's exactly what it is that you're doing, which is mm-hmm. great. But speaking along those lines, now we understand that that your family suffered a tragedy, and you you have a a, a story about things going the wrong way, about violence, which is plaguing the streets of America without question. And uh, talk to us about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, my brother uh, had passed uh, back in November of 20, 2014. Um, yeah, it was it was really tough uh, for, for us. Definitely tough on me because he was, like, the person. Before, I, like, when I was growing up, like, I always felt like I couldn't really talk to my dad because, like, you know, he's older guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. He's your dad. Like, you, know I mean? like, you don't understand what I'm going through. Like, you know what I mean? Bro? Yeah, yeah. 
you know, so, so, so my brother, like, you know, he was the person that I used to bring up my struggles to and all the things that, like, I felt like I wasn't confident enough in boxing at the time. And he always put a lot of, you know, fuel, on, on, fuel in me. He always, you know, believed in me more than I've even believed in myself. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? And also he has sickle cell anemia since, since birth. You know what I mean? And uh, it was like, we were kind of prepared to, to, let's say, like, you know, for him to pass that way. But for him to get shot, it was like, you, we got robbed of those years, man. It was just like, you know, it was like a blow, a smack to the face, man. And then everything else that happened after that, like, I freaking win the Olympic trials, uh, you know, qualify for the qualification, you know, Olympic team and uh, move out the hood and uh, so many other things. Pro debut, it's like bittersweet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's really, really, it's really, really tough. You know what I mean? When I go through these things, but I try to keep my head high because I know what he wants. Like he wants the best for me. You know Clearly, I mean? be, you this is your older brother. Yeah, he was my older brother. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I was seventeen at the time that he passed, and he was twenty-one. Mm. Oh man, condolences, right. man. Well, you're talking to two brothers here, and we grew up in a house full of boys, and one mm. of our brothers passed away, and it's something that you just can't. It's a it's a fraternity that you don't want to be in. Right. You know, yeah, 100%. yeah, I don't wish that I don't wish that pain on nobody. No, nah. I'm, I'm my nah. worst enemy. Like, you know, what I mean? that's something that, you know, you have. You, you, you wear that. You got to wear that one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're forced to. Like what you're going to do? Like, yeah. you know, like, and it goes you know, nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And when you then when you go through something like a, like a murder too, it brings certain demons in your head. You mm. know what I'm saying? That you really got to fight off. Like I never in my life. This is my first time even saying this for real, but I, I never in my, in my life thought about, I never hated anyone because hate is a strong word. I don't, I never hated anyone in my life. I never felt like I could bring myself to, to hurt someone or probably like go through, put someone to go through what my brother went through. You know what I'm saying? But those ideas and demons start to come into your head. Like you want to do those things. And again, my dad, he was probably the only person that's, that stopped me from wanting to do something. And put my career and my life in harm's way. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, it's just certain things that uh, you really got to battle through, man. And, you do, and, and you got to lean on the faith, man. Right. You, you really, yeah, man, I'm going to pray for you guys, but you have to lean on the faith in general. Now, tell yeah. me this. Did, did, is your brother's homicide, uh, did they solve it? Did they find the person? Yeah, yeah, they did. Seven months after they, they caught the guy, they found him, and now he's in prison. Oh. Yeah, he's, well, at least you guys have some, some, you know, uh, uh, form of closure. Yeah, some form of, of, of justice 100%. in some way, you know, and, and that can take away some of that, you know, that, that instinct uh, of vengeance. Yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. As long as he's going through something, it's like, you know, something, you know, I, I, it's just crazy. But, you know, my dad, he always, you know, tells me and preaches to me about forgiveness and, 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 um, you know, just pushes that on me. Like, it's, for the first few years, because like, it's seven years he's been going now, um, my brother's been going. So it's like, it's, it's been, he's been, first few years, it was like, I'm not trying to hear that. Like, what you mean forgive? Yeah. Like, I can't forgive somebody for doing that. But, you know, but you got to understand that forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. 100%. You know, 100%. Yeah, the acceptance of all of that happening and you actually have to grow through that, it's for you. And that is going to make you, when you heal from that, it's going to make you into a stronger person. 
You know what I mean? Because so, besides that, then it's like you taking a poison pill, but expecting somebody else to die. Right. Exactly. That, if, exactly. if you can't come, if you can't get yourself, bring yourself to that forgiveness into that space. Right, because that root of bitterness yeah. will eat you up. It's your will. And it'll ruin anything that, which is, which is, you know, the, the job of the enemy. That's what, they, yeah. that's what, that's what the dark side, exactly. that's what the darkness yeah. is going for. Yeah, trying to bring yeah, yeah. you down, you know, for, fu- so for the future. So you can't achieve what you're so supposed to. So you can't to, reach you know? your potential uh-huh. that the Lord has for you for, you know, to move on. Yeah, 100%. Man. In life. The moment that I realized that, man, then that's when I, I, like, my life changed and I started to. That's awesome. That's when I, that's when I. Uh, uh, um, made the uh, the USA team again. That's when I qualified for the uh, you know Olympic trial. Not one Olympic trials and everything. And so much you know has been you know bestowed upon me. And and I just can't you know thank God enough for that. Man, what an interesting right. young man. I mean, right. I was a fan just from watching you fight. And, you know, and, and Tim called and was like, yo, you got to meet my man, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, man, you, you got your head on straight. I really appreciate you and I appreciate that. But But with that, so, mm-hmm. so with, you know, the future in mind, what's next? Where do, where do we go from here? I mean, you are in a division that is stacked, homeboy. And, and I'm happy that you're sharp because you're going to need every tool in the toolbox because yeah. there's some, there's some serious the competition ladder, right? at 126. What's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what do you think is the move? What, what do you got in mind? Right now, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, the first thing that I want to do is just get a belt in the division. You know what I mean? I want to get some uh, get belt, maybe even multiple before I uh, plan on moving up. And then, uh, you know, I just want to continue to just, you know, make my legacy by, you know, just being the best of the best. I'm not the type of guy that duck and dodge from nobody. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't seem to... like the Brownsville way. I don't no, think they let you around the way that way. And you know there's a lot of that going on nowadays. A lot yeah, listen, of ducking. Listen. And I got a feeling you may be the victim of it right. soon. I got a feeling people ain't going to really want <laughs> to fight you like that. Yeah, the from we've what seen, I've seen, yeah. yeah. Listen, man, the slogan from Brownsville is Brownsville never ran, never will. And I am... I am that. I am Brownsville. Brownsville is me. And that's why I go str- I go with strongly, man, for real. So, you know, I just want to, you know, make sure I move my career right. You know what I mean? When, when, when uh, the right fight is supposed to happen, it'll happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not ducking dodging nobody. And I'm ready to fight anybody that I need to fight to be, in order to be named the best. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, Brooklyn, <laughs> go hard. I see you, man. I see you. I ain't mad at you. So tell the people, man, tell the people where they can find you. We're going to put your, uh, you know, on the interview, we'll put the uh, your handles up. But tell the people where they can find you if they're listening on audio so they can yeah. hear more about you, learn more about you, watch your documentary. You know, you're an interesting person. Your family's very, very interesting. So it's talk to where, where where do people find you on social media? Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram on Bruce underscore Carrington. My Twitter is B underscore Carrington one. My uh, Facebook, Bruce Carrington Jr. And uh, yeah, you guys can watch my documentary. It's called Brownsville Born. It's on brownsvilleborn.com. And uh, yeah, you got to get a little crash course of, uh, you know, who I am, what I had, when I had to go through my life and, uh, you know, how I battled through it and got, and, you know, and, uh, and continue to battle through it. And uh, hopefully it's inspirational to anybody that, went through or is going through the same thing that I've well it's already inspirational right. to the people in the room that are recording man so so who knows mm-hmm. how many of the you know the, the thousands of people listening that it'll it'll reach as well but I really really appreciate you thank you man stay on that track you, you, you really you got your head on straight and I can't right. wait to hear the announcements you know the next time you fight I'm, I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled 100%. Well, I appreciate you guys for having me. It's an honor. By the way, big fan of you, man. Definitely a big fan of you. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> oh, oh. oh wow. <laughs> I'll right, okay, remember that next time. I'm going to remember yeah. that. <laughs>
<laughs> nah, he got me good. That day, shoo, that shoo. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Shushu Carrington, follow the young man. He's uh, going places, and, and he can really help you out if you're going through something. Hey, you are welcome in the Ozone. You have been baptized in the Ozone. You are indoctrinated. Anytime you want to come back, promote a fight, promote a project. Can't wait to see you in the Willie Pep film. And, uh, yeah, man, God bless. We talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you, guys. Wow, that's great. Yeah, right? Really solid, man. His father's doing a great job with him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Young Bruce Carrington. What a what a guy. What a guy. What a mouse. What a mouse. <laughs> wow, man. That was, wow. That was, that was solid, boy. You, you know, it just goes to speak on the idea that you never know what people are going through. No, you don't. You don't know and how he know. and how he's wearing it and his family's wearing it. You know, you go through stuff and you never know how you're going to get through the other side. Some people don't make it. And with his father looks he's doing a great job of funneling all that energy, all that negative that's been put on them to the positive, you know. All that adversity. Uh-huh. And just look at how much his father has poured into his son and how it's paying dividends. Yes. yes. Because see this is where and we're not always in control, not to cut you off, but we're not always in control of the situation that we get put in. Very rarely are yes. we in control, you know, and, and and in this situation, you know, like like what he's talking about, his brother had sickle cell. Right. They were prepared for something to go down with that, but then for a murder to go down. You look at this situation in life, and you don't know what's going to happen. We really and don't. for somebody that is going through trauma, and everybody's going through some version of it, but for some people who are going through serious trauma like that, there's a great chance that they they then in turn follow the phrase that hurt people hurt people. Right. And they don't become the, the maximum version of themselves. We don't have the, the higher level the of themselves. Carry, carry the pro, you know? No. No, we got a guy who's going out there looking for vigilante justice. Yeah, and then goes to jail himself or ends up getting injured himself, you know? And breaking his father's heart. And breaking his father's heart. You know, and the other people in his family. Wow, yeah. what a great story. I'm really moved by that. Yeah. Happy about that on the Ozone. And speaking of another father-son duo, let's take a trip back in time two weeks. Do we have to? Yes, we do. Come on! Because we need to speak about Tiafimo Lopez. Do we have to? And George Cambosis. Cambosis. A lot of juniors. Two juniors went at it. And one came out. Two men entered the square. And one man leave. One man leaves. <laughs> you know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> two men in it. <laughs> one man leaves. You know the rules. Come on, child. Speak on it. So, so much happened in this fight that is interesting in the ring. And now we get reports about so much that happened outside of the ring that happened. Before and after. Before and after. Now, if you haven't heard, the 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 sped up version is Teofimo Lopez, who was the lightweight king, who took all the belts from Vasily Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Uh this fight that he had against George Cambosis had been postponed eight times for various reasons. Right. Triller was playing games and didn't have no money. They couldn't find the spot to put it in, but it seemed like they were trying to hustle up some Bitcoin or some right. Ethereum <laughs> right. to get there. They were going to crypto route. They were going, maybe they was going to crypto route to get the money up to pay everybody. Kept playing games with the date and this, that, they and the other. tried to run the Rumble in the Jungle. Wasn't that the Rumble in the Jungle where Don King did it without any money? Yeah, he hustled that yeah. up. Yeah. And then... And then you have the other side. Then they finally have it together. Tiafimo gets COVID. And he actually... That's he, never good. He has asthma. So it was a, you know, a mm-hmm. respiratory infection on top of a respiratory condition. Mm-hmm. So who knows how bad he was actually doing. Right. He goes through a divorce. His entire family moves in with him. 
And we come to find that the champ was down to his last 20,000 bucks. He ran out of dough. He ran out of dough. Because when he got crowned, the champ champ was a full year ago. And for people who don't know, running into money is actually easier than running out of money. Right. Because you can run out of money really fast. It's way easier to find some cheese than to hold some cheese. (laughs) Quickness. So what that seems to have led to, and I'm not making, I'm, I'm all I'm doing is laying out the timeline here. I'm not laying out. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not down. Lay down, brother. I'm not making any. I'm I'm laying it down. (laughs) I'm not taking any. I'm not making any excuses or anything like that. Um, but all of those things led Tiafimo to come out and say, "Hey, I don't have a fight date. I can't afford to have a nutritionist and my strength and conditioning person on the payroll without a date. Actually, have a date." So what does he do? He then he goes and does his weight cut, which he's already made it clear it's hard for him to make 35. He's a big 35, which is right. the reason why he's so dominant at that weight. Mm-hmm. He makes his weight cut on his own, a la a lot of people on YouTube and people that we know that, that have done it ended up in the hospital. Right. Instead, he ended up not replenishing properly, ended up with a swollen neck, air in his chest, and we come to find after the fight was fighting, you know. With the potential of. Actually Death. dying in the ring and not just from a punch, but from his condition. From the condition. From the pre-existing condition that he probably created. Which he probably created. Which then goes to actually make a lot more sense as to why he comes out in the first round with reckless abandon. He actually comes out in the first round and seems like all he wants to do is not Cambosis out. I did. That was already in his mind, though. He had been talking about that from square one, from jump. He was going. He put was it on. out of money from square one. Yeah, so I don't that, think you know. But that make you go crazy anyway. Do we see that? <laughs> <laughs> make you go fuck. But the thing of it is, that was before his cheese. His money was funny, and his change was strange. And change was strange. <laughs> he already w- wanted to put it on him, and Cambosis had already pushed his buttons. They had a bad game plan. That's the bottom line. They had a terrible game plan. Bad, <laughs> bad game plan. Where you run? <laughs> Little involuntary Carlito. <laughs> we got a, a little punk. Carlito came out. For those of you who don't know, Terry's been going over classic films to see if they actually, in fact, are That's classic. what COVID does do you, that pandemic. <laughs> and we have a question for you out there in fan, fandom world. In ozone fandom world, is Carlito's way still good or not? Terrible, terrible joint. <laughs> I'm saying it's still good. I, it has a I ain't quality. like you. Use a punk. Bone doesn't appreciate Pacino's Puerto Rican accent. Why can't they get a Puerto Rican? Because Al Pacino's the reason they fund the movie. That's why. Doesn't make it good. I mean, they, I, they got him. They got over it. You it was, it's not you good. You didn't like his Cuban work when he was Scarface? I didn't. I went over it. Terrible. Manolo. <laughs> and no, I never liked that man. I never liked him. What he do to your good friend? <laughs> My good friend Angel Hernandez. <laughs> Angel Hernandez. Uh, <laughs> the same, you should be Angel Hernandez. <laughs> the umpire. <laughs> Tony, don't. <laughs> so... Scarface, as you know, has a bunch of non-Latinos playing Latinos. Top Terrible. Bottom. Soup to nuts. Almost soup to nuts. Stephen Bauer is a Latino. No, buddy. he's not. Yeah, he is. He, his name is, yeah, he is a Latino. I don't think Stephen yeah, uh, Bauer is a Latino. He just changed to Bauer to fit in in Hollywood. Ah, uh, he assimilated. He played too much. I listen, that's even worse. He had to do what he had to do, Chuck. 
See, words. Your last name isn't Miller. It's not? No. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Your name is Terry X. <laughs> Anyways, you guys tell us. Is Carlito's Way still on or not? I'm saying it's still it good. It doesn't stand the test of time, champ. It doesn't hold it does up. It does not hold up. Anyways, you said they got a bad plan. Had <laughs> a bad plan. Terrible plan. And then when you listen to his father give him tutelage in the corner, get this man out of here, man. Let's get out of here. That's not the instructions that I need to hear. What is this dude doing to me so that I can actually make the adjustments so that I can get him out of here? Just saying getting him out of here is not going to be enough. And then lying to him and telling him he's winning these this rounds. This is so dangerous. He is not winning. They act like they won the first round. Cambosis was winning, cle- right, and got knocked down. Got knocked down. Cambosis was winning clearly. And then what you don't know on the other side, which is always so interesting as people who like to sports bet, you never know what people are going through again. So yes. you don't know that Teofimo's got something wrong with his neck. Right. He's a 10-to-1 favorite. You know how much money people lost on that fight? And then and then what else you don't know is that George Cambosis has sparred more than 200, pounds with, 200 rounds with Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, well, I thought it was around 400, they said. You, I, you it is. If it's, it's a lot of rounds to get in there with the Pac-Man. It's a lot All-time of rounds. great. And Manny Pacquiao is not bringing you back over and over again unless you're yeah. giving good work. Exactly. And he... They, and. From what I understand from his training camps is that he goes, he gets into it. Yeah. It's not a, like, you know, they go in there just no lightly go at it. They, they tighten each other up. Yes. Yes. To the point where you might even get hurt for the fight. Right. Uh, but it serviced him well in his career and his life. So Cambosis came in ready with a great game plan. And Tiafimo, I, I have to say, I really felt like this was a regression. And this is a cautionary tale for ring rust to a certain degree. And filling yourself. Definitely fulfilling yourself because you can see afterwards all of the bad will that between his father and himself and the way that, they, that they've been has played out because people were happy to see him humbled. Right. And I actually I, I, I was really sad to see that happen to him. I still think he has a super bright future. Right. He has I, a he, crazy potential. He's got crazy potential. He's got to get his left hand up because that whole fight, he left his left down and Cambosis made him pay the whole fight. And then I know that it's a father and son team, but he needs to get to the point where he has another business manager or something because they did not have a rematch clause and that. They didn't have a rematch clause. Even though, sloppy said, even though George said, hey, it's all good. Let's, Let's do it, it mate. Let's go. Let's, I'm ready tonight. <laughs> and so, and and the other thing, Cambosis actually ran into some trouble in the 11th round. Was out on his feet. And, and fought through it. And fought through it. And Tiafimo, now you tell me, do you think that was his condition? Do you think he was just scared to take it because he was leaking? I think that he was thinking too much and he was scared of taking them shots and he can act like he wasn't getting hurt, but he was. Oh, and, he was getting and, hurt. And you could see it. And his timing was off. His rhythm was off. You can name it. We'll call it whatever you want to. Cambosis literally outboxed him. And that yes. was because he came out there not fundamentally sound pretty much. He, yeah, he wasn't he, fundamentally sound. No, he, like you said, he walked around with his left. He gave me a lot of Wilder-esque things where he walked around and just loaded up and was trying to hit him with a big right. Difference is, he doesn't punch like that. <laughs> Wilder actually, does, when he does catch you with that right, everybody except for one dude is going to sleep. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Tiafimo as well, to, be, to, to his credit. Tiafimo hadn't lost in 16, 17 fights, which is different than 45 fights. Right. But, you know, it was the, the fundamentals weren't on point, and they weren't on point to... to We're not on display, Jack. And he has them. He just wasn't displaying them for some reason. I think this is the preparation. kind of loss that, and, and that could propel Teofimo Lopez to be an all-time great or to go left. I completely I, agree. It, it, this from this for this once. is a this is a <laughs> this is a fork in the road for Teofimo Lopez in his career because he's going to have to make some decisions. He's already made it clear his dad ain't going nowhere. 
So hopefully his dad actually goes back to the lab and works on his game as well because the insults don't work in the ring. Your no. son is the one that has to get in the ring and get busy. Yes. And, and then you, and then you're sending him out there with this condition. It sounds like they knew about. This is mind-blowing to me. you send him I, out I there with that condition, and your... I would never do that to myself. I mean, no. I, we would just have to work off the 20 and see what we can do. <laughs> gotta work try on to, this try to, try, to, try to flip it on some crypto, you know. And, gotta do something. <laughs> gotta do something. I mean, something. And this is what Can't they put said. Can't put you out there with They it. said when he went out, when they went to replenish at Carmine's, that's when Tiafimo was doing bad in his next hole up, and that was with his dad and with the team. I don't know how you send your kid out there like that when we're even seeing now people being upset about Kenny stopping the fight with Sean. You know, and we'll get to that. But and when you when you listen to the clips afterwards, Kenny is like, "Hey, man, I didn't want him to fight anyways." Yeah, I never wanted that. It point. was actually easy for me to throw the towel. Yeah, and I wasn't mad at him either because I know that he literally does not want to see his son get pummeled, hurt, or whatever. Even though Sean wasn't hurt at that point, no. But he, but he said it was about where it was going. We'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll speak on that fight. Yeah. We'll speak on that fight. But but with this Teofimo Lopez to put the button on it. Put you know, on it. it really and it, what what actually becomes unfortunate to me is after the fight, he really lost a lot of fans. That sore loser, he was being a hypocrite. Is the same thing he got on Wilder and a he few got other on Wilder's fighters. helmet about yeah, it uh, about, and then he went and he did the same thing. And Wilder actually didn't do it in the ring. No, Wilder didn't do it until afterwards. I mean, and you're interrupting this guy's moment, who is Cambosis, who just got who the just dub. got all the belts and the dub. And you come on, man, you know that's fake. Come and on. he looked bad. You look bad. You're leaking. You look like, you know, you look like you and need medical attention now out there. Now, he's concussed, definitely. Without he, question. He's in the ring concussed. His father has been telling him that he's winning, and he's not. So all for so for myself, I'm thinking to myself, he's believing what his father told him, although it's not act, actually factual. Oh, he believes his father. Yeah, completely. As, and as, as most people do. But as a fighter should, he's believing, you know, his trainer. And what and usually what Which happens? Is why it's so important for the trainer to give you good advice, right? And usually what happens if you're in a bad situation? If you watch most of the fighters and the trainers, they'll say you're in trouble. You need a knockout. You need yes. this. Yes. We didn't get that. even a guy like Floyd Mayweather off to the side. Yeah, will tell you that <laughs> he's not even in the corner. You don't want me to lie to you, do you? You want, you want the truth for me? <laughs> I'm just saying you down on the unofficial tank. You down? <laughs> so now we're seeing a situation where. Once again, boxing could benefit from open scoring. Why we need it to be a secret. It's the only sport that we got where nobody knows the score until <laughs> until the secret. game is over. But the thing of it is that I have time for corruption. I haven't seen too many too many times that they've gotten it wrong as of late. No, I have to say that I feel good about where the 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 judges have been lately. Right. Which takes us to our next fight. Let's talk about another father-son duo. A really tough test for Devin Haney. Uh, and his dad, Bill Haney, his coach, was Jojo Diaz. Now, I watched Jojo beat Tevin Farmer in Miami. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised because I picked Tevin Farmer. And Jojo beat him. And Jojo was tough in general. Right. Jojo's a really tough golden boy fighter. Tough L.A. dude. Really solid guy. Uh, good father. And he came in that fight. And to be honest, Devin Haney punished him. In After the first round, he was lumped up. Now, Haney wins the fight. I had it like 9-3, I want to say, something mm -hmm. like that. I thought Haney dominated the fight, maybe 8-4, 9-3, something to that effect. And you go online, and the casuals and everybody seems to have a serious problem with Devin Haney. And I don't know if it's because Devin Haney is, you know, 
clearly a practicing Muslim and he's praying before the fights or he's with his dad and they're not necessarily, you know, as controversial, if you will. For some reason, it seems like it really attracts people that all that confusion and everything nowadays is really sick in a lot of ways. It's not just nowadays. I think, that, you but, know, but well, it's amplified nowadays because everybody seems to be drawn towards that. And I don't understand that because all the I, I'm not like the, the dude that talks about the energy or whatever. I like yeah. to talk about the Lord and the spirit and everything else. And this this in this situation, these guys are literally dabbling with confusion. And everybody's like, yeah, man, this is you know, this is what's up. This guy, Devin Haney, seems to have his act together. I I even listen to the announcers sound, you know, they're sounding off as if, you know, there's something wrong with the positive images when you listen to the guys. Biggest thing I say from Haney is, from what I understand, he doesn't come from a downtrodden background like a lot of boxers do. Uh-huh. Which always, whenever you're around other people who are coming from that kind of situation, there's an intimidation slash jealousy slash anger that they're going to try to use to get an advantage and an edge. Mm-hmm. That's cool. The thing that I see from Devin Haney that I I see it myself and I also see why people bring it up is the way he wears punches. I think Devin Haney's a really young guy and Devin Haney still has some physical growing to do. Right. He's in great shape and he's a great boxer. Thing I liked that I saw was when JoJo hurt him and hit him, he showed up. And he jumped right back in there. He, he jumped he, right back yeah, in. Yeah, he was like, I, I'm stung, but I'm not gone. No. Yeah, and, and he got buzzed by Jorge Linares. Um, and he who, called it out himself. He, he said he got, the, he got a little sloppy. And there's this whole thing where you, there's this, this terrible new rule in boxing where you can't get hurt. It's like the pitchers. <laughs> can't get knocked can't down, get can't get hurt, can't take a loss. And guess what? Sometimes I walk a guy, hit a guy, some guy gets a hit, I got bases loaded with no outs. Right. I'm in trouble. Yeah, Don't I'm, take I'm, me out of the game. I got to work out of trouble. And this is how I get better. Yes. And this is what he, he's done. He learned how to work through the storm. So when he does actually get to the next level, which there is another level. Yes. And with that, when he gets into that storm, he'll be able to go through it, not around it. And he went to the body. And that body work actually yeah. saved him from being in further trouble. Exactly. Because when JoJo actually did touch him, it wasn't anywhere near as powerful as it would have been exactly. had JoJo's body not been getting punished the whole And he dominated the fight. fight. Oh, he dominated the fight. I, I think he definitely dominated the fight. I'm interested to see where he goes next. Cambosis, after to, to his credit, after his dub, Cambosis went on tour and he's trying to get paid. Right. And he's scouting everybody out. That's he's at everybody. He's at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he was at JoJo and Haney. Then he's at Tank and uh and Cruz. Mm-hmm. And and he's trying to figure out who the biggest fight is to take back home to Australia, eighty thousand seats. Wow! And and, and full big money. Yeah, and Australia is really really tight with uh, the COVID restrictions. Yes. So I don't wonder how they're going to do that. They're one of the tightest in the world. Yes, but I mean, it sounds like it'll be eighty thousand Australians, as opposed to you know because they're trying right. to work a zero policy, right? And keep the the virus keep completely the doors closed. out. Yeah, keep the doors closed. Um, very good. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that division because then. What we saw was this past Sunday, we saw if Saturday we had the Haney Jojo Diaz. Sunday, we had Tank and Isaac Cruz, who I was fortunate enough to be at. And I'm five rows back. I watched the fight. I liked the fight. I thought it was a good fight, and I thought it was a good fight for Tank to get rounds and uh-huh. not just knock somebody out. His last two fights, he's gotten rounds. I still don't think that he's fighting the highest level of competition. This kid Pitbull Cruz came to win, though. He didn't come to roll over, and he he was very adamant about how the fight and the money from the fight is going to change his life and his family's life. Uh-huh. I sat behind his brother, and his brother was going nuts, which was cool. But in the section that I was in, you had Carmelo Anthony 
Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Magic Johnson. Uh, man, you you had Kenny Smith, Zab Judah, uh, Rick Gonzalez. You name it. You, you, Jeff Beecher was there, dude. Not the beach. Come on, we got everybody in the house. Now, what's interesting is in that fight, I had that kid actually either with a draw or with that kid winning. I wouldn't have been mad at a draw, but I actually thought Tank might have edged it a little bit. I can't. Tank is a champ, so yeah. I'm not mad. I don't think that there was I, I never, a robbery that went on or anything. No. I'm, not, I'm not saying and I never that. really saw Tank in trouble. He got buzzed a couple of times. He got buzzed quite a few times. Yeah, but he buzzed him as well. Yep. Uh, we're buzzed, dude. <laughs> you think I went dude, out? What are you, what are you dude, doing? Dude, Miller Light, bro. It's a 24-pack. <laughs> got to take a whiz. <laughs> yeah. On yourself? Yeah, yeah he, he got. So you can't take the champ's belt if you don't do anything uh, to me, above and beyond, you can't take his belts. Tank did enough to win, even though he broke his hand in the fight and became a one-punch fighter, uh, uh, you know, pretty much a one-dimensional fighter after the sixth round. And this is why I had Cruz, because Cruz was still throwing combos and he was pressing the action. He was moving forward. He was the aggressor. He was moving forward. Now, I can give you that one. And I don't like fighters moving in reverse. Yeah, but like I said, he had a broken hand. But he no, had was, a broken hand. But he was throwing punches. He was throwing and punches. And he was keeping off of it. Yeah. And he, he had great lateral movement, which was very, very important. With that lateral movement, he made him miss a lot. Yeah. And that's what it was about because you make him miss it like that, then he didn't look as good. Yes. But he was doing a lot of body damage. And, yes. And, and he, you know, to tank. No question. Yeah. And which was interesting to see because you can see that tank is usually the shorter fighter. And it was interesting to watch him adjust to fighting somebody with a smaller, lower center, uh, center, center of gravity, gravity than him. He said that he didn't want to, and he had a hard time because he didn't want to go low and get caught with something. He did. He, he was right. He, yeah. I think that's the right approach. And he went low a couple of times and got caught with something. Then he, he decided that wasn't the best move. Yeah. Because the biggest problem with that kid was that Isak is that he couldn't land the combinations that he needed to land. Yes. He would hit him, but then Tank would get out of there. Tank would get out of there because he's a great athlete. Yeah. And he was swimming him around. And he couldn't ever catch up to him. It was a tight fight. I wouldn't have been mad at the draw. I'm not mad at Tank winning. I think Tank has a, a wonderful upside. Right. I think that he's got a, 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 a lot of upside. And I actually think that... that but you felt the, the cards were a little promotion, lopsided. Well, I felt that the Mayweather promotion is bringing him along well. They're developing him well. But eventually, he's got to get in there with the top guys. I don't who think are? you can... The top guys at the division who are Teofimo Lopez and uh, 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 Devin Haney and potentially Shakur Stevenson, uh, if he moves up, and the man that's going to fight this weekend that... It's a trip because I always felt like he was overrated, but now I actually think he's the best out of that division is Vasily Lomachenko. Mm. And from what I understand, I have to see him. He has, we're going to see him on Saturday. And from what I understand, he has a renewed interest in boxing now that they've taken his belts, which we've seen happen before. He was overrated at the time anyway, though. I mean, he beat everybody. I mean, but, but that was, wasn't even 20 fights. No, it wasn't 20 fights. Teofimo only had 15 fights. Yeah, so but, we, but they do? had an anointing him the next thing coming. He, he wasn't. He had all the belts. What do you want from him? They took him. What happened if you have all the belts? I mean, that's that's up to literally the politics of it all. No, it's not. Not when you have all the belts. No, that's not true. How, explain that. For the simple fact is that we know that the belts don't show actually the caliber of fighter that you are nowadays because the belts are literally up for grabs. If Because now we're talking about a guy like Canelo who literally can jump rank and go to cruiserweight to challenge somebody for a belt and he's built he's belt chasing but he's not fighter chasing there's a big difference because you want to go for the best fighters which actually then brings out the best in you and the best for the fans but he's actually just going after the belts to secure his legacy 
And that's what most of these guys do. They want to rest on the laurels with the belts. But what happens when the guys have the belts? He cleaned out the division of guys who had belts. It is not Canelo's fault. And everybody knows I'm not the, the biggest Canelo fan, but I respect Canelo what he's done in strategically because he's he he picked, I don't. he picked his fighters in that yeah. sense. And there it goes. He picked, he picked, he picked his picked fighters. His, can you can I finish? No. This is a, been dealing with this for 40 years, man. <laughs> he he picks he picked the weight Body. class that he could uh that he saw weak champions. Yeah, and that's weak in itself. Is it his fault that it, the guys at 168 couldn't beat him up? Literally, the, the champions. Yeah, I'm not but, talking but about see, random but see, guys. But see, but see, but has lost his, his no, belt. No, it's not his fault. But but when we were talking about belts, you're chasing belts, and you're not chasing the best fights for you. Then you, when we go back over your career, and then when we look at your your fighters, the fight, the resume, it's not going to go along with what you're saying that you've actually accomplished, which is you being this elite fighter that's fought in a bunch of guys who aren't up to code because they got a belt. You can catch a guy like Callum Smith who literally came back now and knocked somebody, cleaned somebody's clock, right? Literally. But Callum Smith is not up to code like that. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah, but what is he supposed to do? This is like... He's supposed to fight the Charlos. He's supposed to fight the Charlos. No, 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 no. He's supposed to fight the Benavides. What is he supposed to do? I'm talking about the Canelos. I'm saying, I'm saying, if a guy has the belt and you beat the guy with the belt, I cannot criticize the guy that beats the guy with the belt. Now... I do understand that you have to then the, the problem is is everybody becomes a prisoner of the moment and they don't gauge to say, well, beating Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith and Caleb Plant isn't the same as actually having a third fight with but Gennady he, Golovkin when you're supposed to have it. Right. And they trick Gennady to sign at the zone so that he could fight uh, Canelo and they never, yeah, we never even seen him again. <laughs> you don't even see him no more. <laughs> you know? And but then you're talking about I mean I mean it's the better beeves out there, the beevals. Um, Canelo can fight the Charlos. He get, I mean, the Charlo. He can fight. Uh, there's a bunch of fighters that Boo Boo. I, I think Boo Boo will beat him. Actually, I didn't think Boo Boo could beat him at first. Boo Boo can beat him. I'm not saying he, I, he won't fight black fighters. He won't fight Latin fighters. Who are you going to fight? You just going to fight? Well, he's about to go fight an African dude. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that dude might have some smoke for him. Actually, I, well, he's Sugar Ray told up. him said, "Hey, you playing games? He's going to feel it. He's going to feel gonna it. Feel it up there if the guy comes to fight and doesn't just come to get his check." Yeah. So, sticking with Canelo, he's finally fighting somebody with some tan skin. Um, and it'll be the first time since Danny Jacobs, I think. Right. A tan skin from another country that he just plucked and picked. I mean, he's the number four guy. Now, surprisingly. I think the guy's going to hurt him because Kovalev hurt him. But Kovalev, obviously, we know what Kovalev was doing. But he's going to run into some bad trouble. So, I don't, I'm not familiar with the guy's work. And I, as usual, I think there's a reason they picked him. So, I, I, you know. I can't. That's why it. he didn't go to Bivol or Better Be or Benavidez and yeah. the other guys. But I think that what's interesting is, for once, the Ozone agrees with Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather called out Canelo Alvarez in this clip. You can take a guy like Canelo. This guy could do. Um, he can pick and choose who he want to fight. Mm. And, and I'm gonna tell you the truth about Canelo. Motherfucker, easy, man. Cakewalk, easy. <laughs> <laughs> y'all sitting up here, y'all praising this dude. This dude was nothing. I was almost 40 years old when I, when I cooked this dude. Easy. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all always disrespecting our fighters. Um, I just left the WBC boxing convention. I, I flew out to Mexico City for all the fighters, not just black fighters. When I, I went to Mexico City for all fighters. Every fighter should be treated fair, and everybody should be on the even playing field. So I flew to Mexico to 
to meet with the WBC, to meet with uh, different referees, different officials, so fighters can be treated fair. We got these judges in the fight game right now. These fight judges. Fight judges, 75 years old, 80 years old. When it's time to hang it up, hang it up. I'm, I'm not being biased. If I'm 100, if Tank got his ass whooped, I'm going to say, you know what? He got his ass whooped. Easy fight from what I see. And did the guy come out of the ground? I'll say it probably was four rounds the guy could have he, he could have got. But eight rounds, he's getting out boxed. Turn, turn. The name of the game is boxing. The name of the game is not slugging. Because when the fight game is over, when boxing is all over, and you hang it up like me, you still want to be able to have your faculties. You still want to be able to have your brain. That's more important than anything. the money. Your health is more important than anything. The name of the game is to hit and not get hit. And I was the best at doing it, and I'm going to continue to teach these young fighters. The name of the game is to, to dish it out and not take it. And then when your career is over, take your money, invest it right so you can have something. These people don't give a f about these, these people don't give a f about us, and y'all gonna y'all gonna know that once your career is over. When Muhammad Ali was in a fight game, he was at the top of his game, kicking their ass. They 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 hated him. When he can barely walk and talk, that's when they love him. Yeah. See me, they don't like me because I'm I'm gonna be a straight I'm gonna be I'm a straight shooter, and I'm able to become my own boss. At the end of the day, I don't never want to hear nobody talking about well, Mayweather promotions. They don't have these many fighters. I don't never want to hear y'all saying y'all working with Al Heyman. But y'all not, not working with Floyd Mayweather. If you're working with Floyd Mayweather, you work with Al Hamid. You work with Al Hamid, you work with Floyd Mayweather. Because we won. So, Tank, gonna, I'm going to continue to tell Tank, go out there, be the best that you can be, fight, and be smart. Now, what we hear there is Floyd talking about cooking him when he's nearly 40 years old. <laughs> he cooked his bugs. <laughs> but he's telling the truth in one sense, and he's a hypocrite in another sense. Because he cherry-picked as well. He did the same thing as where he, the Canelo His record is so it. nasty that he went and got Conor McGregor on his record. That's how weak he, that is. But but he fought real guys. That, yeah, that, that, but Conor McGregor should never be on his, on his, on real, his, resume. On his real resume. As Not a, his exhibition resume, yeah. his real resume. Uh, but, you know, like I've always maintained, Floyd Mayweather was a monster at 35. and, and you Great know, defense at, at, at 40. Jumping to 47 was when he turned into Money May. I would say after the Oscar De La Hoya fight uh, was when the, the perspective seemed like it changed. Still has great fighters on their resume. If you take and, a fine-tooth comb, you can see that it was at different times. But it was in tough fights. Yeah, but Mayweather is doing... Everybody's following his pattern. That's that exactly he, that it. He's established. He's and established it seems like it bothers him now, which yeah. is amazing how life works in that sense. Right, because he literally was picking his opponents at the right time. He fought Canelo at the right time. He fights all of his guys at the right time, either either at the end of their career or when they're not in their prime. He, he could have fought Pacquiao in his prime. He made sure that he did not. And when Pacquiao was injured, he made sure that Pacquiao could not take care of whatever he needed. There's a couple, there's a couple fights that he took that I was actually surprised that he took, like the Cotto fight. He, and, I, and, and, he, was, and he and did he his thing in the Cotto fight. And he, that was actually may have been, to me, one of his better performances. Yes. And, he, and he's beaten some guys legitimately. Yeah, he's beaten real guys. There's yeah. no question about it. But, it, but he's also cherry-picked. At times. And, and this seems to be Especially a benefit at the end of, his career. of being the champ, which shouldn't be a benefit. Well, but, that's, that's the thing that he made up once again, the A-side. Now everybody runs around talking about, the, I'm the A-side, he's the B-side. And it's a, it's a kudos to him for his business acumen. It didn't help the sport.
No, it did no, not help no the Spurs. But and I agree with him as well. Is that it's about hitting and not being hit. It's not. Yes. No, it's, it's not, not about sitting there taking punishment. Yeah, not taking no punishment. And, and also, you know, he's touched. He touched on something else that was really important about these old judges. Yeah, retire, man. You did your thing. You did your thing. Because we saw the judges backstage a lot of times, and they were literally on oxygen tanks. They're on oxygen tanks and walkers, and they are not accountable to anyone. No. And that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable because they don't have to. Since they're not accountable, they never have to answer why they scored a fight a specific way. That's exactly it. Which and, leads and, you and to and believe that it's, not, it, that it's not on the up and up. Even if it is. I also believe that he was right when he was saying that because Tank didn't knock Cruz out, people were mad and didn't want to give him the fight. And that's not always the, you know, that's not always. Sometimes the, you get into battle. Sometimes, sometimes you got to overcome something. You had to overcome some, some busted knuckles. Yeah. You have to overcome. It works like that. Now, moving on to continuing our boxing wrap-up wrap up for the month, we didn't get to speak to you guys before the Terrence Crawford-Sean Porter fight. I was very excited for that fight. because Were you? Yeah, because I really wanted Crawford to show his skill at 47 because Sean is by far the best person on his resume right. at 47. The downside is, is what we saw in the fight, even though Sean was effective and he was effectively applying pressure, what we hear from Sean after the fight, from him saying he contemplated retirement before and after the Earl Spence fight, uh, before this fight, he announces his retirement after the fight. And kudos and salute because Sean Porter is, is, a, is a certified member right. of the Ozone. Um, but that sort of mindset isn't the mindset that you need to have when Non-committal. you're going in to a championship fight. Well, not, not even a championship fight. Any fight. It's dangerous. Yeah, you have to be committed to this sport. You have to be committed or it'll show in your performance. And this is a performance that you can't actually take a chance on maybe catching the wrong <laughs> the wrong end of the stick. Yeah. And this is what you saw with his father. Now, Kenny <laughs> bugged it out. Kenny bugged it out in the ring because the way that he put him on blast in the ring looked the optics were all the way wrong. Right. Everything that he said was all wrong. It looked like he was just wanted his shine and wanted to demean his son. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't, knowing Kenny, I don't think that that's what he was trying to do. No. But, but it's the dynamic that they have. Yeah. And it was loud the way that he made that conversation. And it was quiet the way that he said this clip with Radio Raheem. Your father first. Yeah. I've seen that. Everybody knows that. Uh, how difficult was it to stop this fight knowing that your son was still conscious and maybe could continue and knowing that this would, that would maybe end the, the dream he had. It was easy. It was easy. Like I said, um, do you have children? I don't. Okay. Well, if you have children, you watch how they walk. You, you, you watch them when they learn to walk, you watch their mannerisms. You figure out things that make them happy. You figure out things that make them sad. You figure out things. You figure out things that they do and that they're good at. And so when I saw that my son was not willing, was not doing, was not trying as hard as he had previously, I just looked at it and said, okay, if this happens, I'm stopping it. So, you know, he, he, he began to, 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 feel like it wasn't there for him anymore. You said you knew this was going to be the outcome, even in training, that you came in tonight prepared to stop it. Because, as he said, he knew back when he fought Errol Spence. So I I saw those things as well, you know, and he got up for the Errol Spence fight. You know, he got up for it. 
and didn't go his way. But, you know, he got up and he 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 did all the things he needed to do. And then as we moved on, you know, that feeling that maybe he had that he didn't want to do this anymore was beginning to it was beginning to slow him down. You know, speed was still there. What are you still there? Things were conditioning was still there. But like he said, he decided that he was going to save it just for the fight. You can't. You got to prepare the same way you did when you got here. The same way you got here. Whatever brought you here is what you're going to have to do to stay here. You know, so I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him standing up and saying what he said tonight. That that is over. I'm proud that he made that decision on his own. Uh, lastly, on this subject, what do you think brought that complacency along? Uh, brought that complacency I'm not, about? I'm not, I'm not saying it was complacency. What I'm saying is that he was losing that desire to work that way, maybe, and he knew it. And and when he got a big fight like Daryl Spence, he was able to get himself up for it and go for it, you know. And then he he he, he got another fight. And then he won, and then he he got this fight, and he just wasn't he wasn't doing those things that I've seen him do to prepare. Yeah, he was still working really hard, but there was something missing there. There was a spark or a flame that was missing there. And, you know, he knew he didn't want to do this anymore. But here we are, and he's made that decision. Now, when you hear that clip, that's a different. It gives you a different perspective, right? And he's saying Sean should have retired before. Yeah, and he didn't really ever want him to fight in the first place. In the first place. And and if he's not going to give a thousand percent, then he don't want him out there. He doesn't want to watch his son out there getting punished. And all of that makes sense. Yes, completely. All of that makes all of the way sense. And it because makes- Sean wasn't like he got Sean caught. was in the fight, and yeah. I actually I had Sean up five four after nine rounds. Right, because I'm still not convinced or sold on Terrence Crawford like that because we did not see the the Sean Porter of old of yesteryear rather. We saw Sean Porter of old, the guy that's not, you know, that, that's not committed to that fighting ready anymore. Yeah, yeah, he has a different life. Yeah, he has a different life. He's, ha- he's he a has, family man. He's a family man. He has he's, children. He's, he has, has wealth. House. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's on he's comfortable. Just, yeah, it's 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 a special thing to get up as a champion or as a potential champion and going out there and laying it all on the line. You, you yes. probably get in the middle of that ring and thinking like, what am I doing this for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it took Crawford a while to pull it all together, but he did what he had to do and he yeah. got Sean out of there, something nobody else had been able to do. Right. Um, like I tweeted, after that fight, hopefully we get to see this Spence Crawford fight eventually, but the Earl Spence that I've seen, I think, overwhelms Crawford. No, right? definitely. Crawford, Crawford, isn't, so. Crawford isn't scared, and I don't think he's scared, and I think he's he a highly be. skilled fighter, but if he comes with his hands down, he likes to get hit a lot. And Earl is probably one of the hardest thumpers in that division and, without question yeah and they and they really I, I just don't like the idea of arrow not getting the burn or the props it doesn't he get should. the respect i would like to because even on that pound for pound list that's I think a, he's that's like a, six or seven or something i would crazy. like to know what makes crawford higher on the pound for pound list than arrow exactly I'm, I'm i'm with you because arrow has fought way higher caliber fighters and, and he, belts. yes i so, don't get it but they you know and, and, and it, at this point it comes down to personal preference because we haven't seen the fight Right. So hopefully the new year, you know, with him leaving top rank and 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 he can actually make this fight happen. But maybe he can actually make this fight happen. But I don't want it to be a situation like Wilder and um, Anthony Joshua where where the guys running around acting like they're trying to have a fight that they're not actually trying. Yeah, to if have. you're not going to fight, just don't fight. Right. And this this takes you back to the to the guys, the, the lightweight guys. 
because now you got Ryan Garcia saying that Tank is easy work and this and the other. Ryan hasn't been in the ring. For a long time. Yeah. And when I did see him the last time, he didn't look as, you know, he didn't look he like He won, him. but it wasn't against, it was against Luke Campbell that right. he won, but it wasn't like a. Luke you know, had him in trouble. At, Luke dropped him. Yeah. So, you know, there was, there's still improvement to be made. He's got a lot of potential. But like Canelo said, Canelo said, hey, he needs to dedicate himself to the sport if he's going to get. I think the kid has a lot of potential. I think what Ryan Garcia has, which actually could give Tank a problem if he was 100% invested in it, is size. Yeah, he's got length. He's got the length. He's got the distance. He's got pop. So he can keep him off him. He can use his jab. But he has slow feet. For somebody who has incredibly fast hands, he has surprisingly slow feet. But you can fix the slow feet, though. That's the problem. You can, I mean... But you can, but you have to be committed to do but it. But you have to be committed to do it. And I don't so right I now I would I have to take Tank over him because Tank is committed a thousand percent. You can see it. He's yeah. gotten past that point where he lost the you know, he, he didn't make the weight. Yeah, and all that kind Tank of stuff. Tank is committed to being a superstar. And what I'm here to tell you is that from going to the fight, one thing that Tank has is for a superstar uh, uh potential is women love Tank. You want he won. There's only a handful of fighters that are out there that women come out and get right. dressed to the nines to come to the fight. He won because literally Tank Errol Spence, Canelo, Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua. Yeah, but what happens is that when the women are in the the sports atmosphere, the boxing or sports in general, you win. Yes, they're consumers. Football, basketball, yes. boxing, baseball, baseball all of them. Yeah. Anytime the women are on board, you win. That's it. That's <laughs> it, plain and simple. Yeah. And and they're on board with Tank. Uh-huh. Because and, they're going to spin. And they're rooting for him. Yeah, and they're going to spin. They're going to yeah. spin. They're going to get the pay-per-views. They're going to buy all the paraphernalia, the memorabilia, That's everything it. else. Everything. Yeah, and so, you know, I think that, and, and I think that, I haven't been to a Ryan Garcia fight. He has a huge fan base, and a lot of it is young women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if they were ever to actually make that fight, it becomes a mega fight, because they have two totally separate fan bases. The issue is, just like you're saying, the reason I brought it up, if Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford are going to fight, fight. If not, let's just stop talking about this fight and move on separately right. with other stuff. If you guys are going to move up, if somebody's going to fight Canelo, if something else is going to happen, right. let's well, just move and, on to that. And especially with Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia, like I know they could, they'll play the A-B side game. That'll probably want to be one of the major reasons why it never happens. Because Ryan Garcia is actually bringing millions of fans with his just his social media following. Oh, he's bringing fans, but so is Tank. Don't Tank, say uh, Tank is not bringing followers. Like, Does he have a million followers? He, he, I, I'd be surprised if millions, he doesn't. Millions of followers on. I'd be on. surprised if he doesn't. Tank is, Tank, Tank is a... Because Ryan you. Garcia translates. It's just like Canelo Tank translates. translates. I'm just telling because you. Pacquiao, just like Pacquiao out. and Canelo, they bring countries with them. Yes. And, and Garcia yes. is almost doing the same thing where you bring and, in a country. Tank, and, Tank, eh, and Tank is bringing, Tank is bringing actual Tank is bringing, fight fans. And he's bringing... No, see, that's the thing. This is what I'm telling you. You haven't been to the fight. Tank is bringing the culture. I've never been to a fight. <laughs> You're what now, brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, Tank is bringing... The black culture. Yeah. Just like how it I don't was when see, but see, Floyd Mayweather fights and people came out. But people came out for Floyd, but people are not coming out for Tank like they come out for but, Floyd. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, but what, you insinuate. But no, I didn't. What the point is, is that there is a group of people, primarily black people and black fans, mm-hmm. where Tank is selling out 20,000 seat arenas. That's a big deal. That is a really big deal. But can he sell the pay-per-view? That's what I'm talking about. Ryan Garcia is going to get the people to buy the pay-per-view. Has Ryan Garcia sold any pay-per-view? Has he been on pay-per-view? So you're, you're making an argument. I can't say that. Because I'm, I'm like, saying to social media, that doesn't translate into movies. Just well, like a guy's got a million followers doesn't mean a million people well, still this buy that is, But this is, how, this is how the polls are getting over. Because they, they do translate. They do translate. Yeah. And, and Ryan Garcia has got 
that kind of following. I'm not. I, even I don't know, but he I does. know he's got a following. I'm not saying that he. Doesn't. I just think that I'm they don't put him in the situation, but they don't put him in the situation as a fighter to be. To they haven't used that yet as a tool. But we know that it's potentially there. Most of his people that are following, at this and, point. And, and most of the people that are following him are following him from social media, not because it's boxing acumen. He's not like. I agree. I agree. I'm not so, saying. I'm not. So what I'm, I'm saying, not saying any of that. What I'm saying is, is he doesn't have the track record of those sales because he hasn't had pay per view. Have you paid for a Ryan Garcia fight? You know what? You can't. I mean, this is what I'm saying. You, I'm not paying for a Ryan Garcia fight because Ryan Garcia is not fighting anybody. There's that. But what I'm saying is, is that Ryan Garcia's last fight. Was not a pay per view fight. I don't believe. I think it was on the zone. Yeah. So he's so, on that. But but this is what I'm saying. Tank is and doing pay per view in the traditional sense, and he's and he's he's selling out Atlanta. He's selling out Baltimore. He just sold out Los Angeles. It's saying something. I'm not. I'm. I'm. All I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. that I'm just going to do yeah, big numbers. If I'm they just fight saying. Each other. I believe that Ryan Garcia is bringing the crowd more so than Tank. I don't. I think that I think the tank is bringing the 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 boxing purists, uh, you know, the 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 allegiance of the boxers, and Ryan Garcia is more across the board. He's bringing in all the. I don't. I don't think so. Personally. I, I, I do because because what I saw at the fight as well was that there was there's a celebrity component that definitely is more interested in tank. I mean, everybody was at the fight, man. There was well, a lot of one of the things the that tank does is put people to sleep, and everybody's <laughs> everybody like that. Everybody likes my pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. They really do. So it's going to be interesting to see. And there was a kid that fought right before Tank, this tall kid, Fundora. And I just want to throw this in here just in the notes real quick. It's like the kid has been told why he, why his height, because he's like 6'4", something yeah. like that. He looks awkward a little. Yeah, and he's been told that his height is an advantage, but he hasn't seemed to figure it out himself why his height is an advantage. And I really suggest that kid go watch some Tommy Hearns fights. Yeah, well, and I also think that the kid needs to, you know, his demeanor or posture in the ring. Yeah, it's not of the bigger, taller man. No, and it's and he doesn't carry himself as no, if he has size or as stature. intimidation. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And then you had another, one more fight to go over. A lot of fight actually going down. There is. That is also a potential fight of the year, which is the Brandon Figueroa-Stephen Fulton Jr. fight. Which, again, you had a father and son situation where Fulton's father gave him great instruction. Great instruction in the corner. Because Brandon Figueroa was all over him. And he's also a tall, skinny guy. Smaller guys are fighting at 122. Um, and yet, I thought the judges once again got it right. Well, we haven't seen the judges really get it wrong. I'm saying, like, in the last 10 fights, which is very rare. Usually, 10 fights, huh? Yeah, oh. probably. We almost covered close to 10 fights, and I haven't really seen them get it wrong in a long time. And that's pretty cool to say because it, that is cool for, to say. for a long time, it was suspect. clearly getting it yeah, wrong. Yeah, and you... you you look it at turns the, you off. Yeah, and it's hard to watch a guy to put in all his time and dedication and then literally doesn't get the dub. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's, it's not digestible. No, 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 no. It's not acceptable at all, John. Not acceptable. Give me a long edition of the Ozone today. We're going to cut it up for you because there's a lot to digest because we've been away. I've been away working. Now we're back at home, ladies and gentlemen. And wanting to move on, I got a question for you. We're not going to go much over football, but we are in a football stadium. The question I have for the fans is, do you think Jared Goff is actually better than Matthew Stafford? Or do you guys think still this deep into the season that if you swapped quarterbacks and Jared Goff was still the quarterback of the Rams, that the Rams would have the same record? Or is Matthew Stafford the right move? We sat in this suite for the game on Sunday, and I watched Odell Beckham be open a lot. And Matthew Stafford did not look for him or find him. I, You know, and I hate bashing athletes like that. Yeah, but he, too. But he's, um, I mean... 
he is who he is, and he's been like this forever, even in Detroit. I feel like you're not really – you just changed landscapes, you know, Wicks, pretty much with swapping Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. I, what do you I think changed because early when he first – this season, at the beginning of the season, he was dealing. He's always like that. Even when he was in Detroit, he always deals in the, when he's in the zone. <laughs> he deals in the beginning of the season, and then you see a big fall off because of injuries or whatever, but those are all a part of the game. Jared Goff was always put in the situation to lose, and then we're surprised that he lost. You can't have this quarterback passing the ball 60, 70 times a game without a running game and then think you're going to win a game. And that's Jared Goff. That's the situation. Especially against Bill Belichick. Exactly, that they had him in. And then you're surprised. But then we watch Matthew Stafford here. He's missing guys wide open. He's not even seeing guys wide He's open. not seeing them. So you can't even miss them if you don't see him. No, so you go into the huddle. You, he seems like he's predetermined who he's passing right. to. Right, and, and, and he doesn't look like he goes through his progressions. He no. has this guy that he sees, and that's who he's passing it to, regardless. I don't care who's open. Because they ended up blowing the Jags out, but I have to And be it should honest, have been a blowout in the first it, quarter. It wasn't a blowout until, like, the third quarter. Yeah. And the game felt kind of iffy until then. And I, once again, I have to go back because I have to put that on McVay. He's not – I mean, the team doesn't look prepared. They're doing a lot of small things that disciplined teams don't – mess up with yeah you know what i'm saying the belichicks has set this standard which he had the standard set to him by bill parcells yeah that you have to not make so many mistakes and it still works and it still works the patriots are the hottest team in football yes and it works any any of those other disciples from bill belichick usually are in a winning program or running a winning or, or running a winning program and for some reason this guy literally every if you go over the rams record and look at it every team that they're playing against that has a winning record or dominant, they don't win. Yeah. That's a problem. They got the the Bucs. They got the Bucs. That's the only game that they had this season where you're like, ooh, I wonder if they'll win, and they won. Yes. After that, the real teams come in and they give them problems. And it's a similar situation that that the Cowboys are working through. Because what is their identity? Do you have an identity? Are you going to run the ball? You want to play play action? What do you want to do? Their defense, they have all the pieces. So this is but why they're I, not a defensive monster right. like they should be. So this is why I go back to the coach because if you have all the players, I mean they have all the players and the personnel on they both on both sides of the ball, and then you are not producing, then we have to put that on the coach. It has to go somewhere. And Sony Michelle, they finally used on and Sunday. He tore him up. He ripped I him mean, a new one. He ripped him a new one. And the Jags really don't have bad defense against the run. They really don't have bad defense. They have bad offense, and and offense complements the defense. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the, the way things are shaking out, big win for Seattle over over San Francisco. Not that Seattle's going anywhere, but to actually put the pressure on San Francisco, which means that the game that they have here in January with the Rams is probably going to have a greater importance at that point because mm-hmm. both teams are going to have something to play for, one for momentum, one to try to get into the playoffs. Uh, the Ravens don't look as good as they should look, which is crazy. Uh, not really. They These teams... Once again, the Ravens don't really have a running game. They used to be a running t- running defensive team, yeah. And now they have a running quarterback, yeah, and a mediocre defense. So they're yeah. not going to be who there's, you know, who we think that they are, right? Or who we're still romancing that they were before. Yes, because now if you put this thing, do it some kind of QB contain a, a spy or watch. Okay, let him run a little bit. He runs, he gets his yards, but then you never get, you never, uh, you know, convert and he's that in picks. Yeah, and you Lots never convert that into touchdowns. They're in a bunch of tight games that they shouldn't be in. Now, we're still watching teams that are actually having decent seasons even after the superstar gets hurt, like Tennessee, you know. 
Like Tampa Bay. Like I mean, Tampa. look at the confusion going on with Nino Brown. Nino. Yeah, but, yeah, but see, but Nino playing games. But that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but but see, he wasn't like the core guy of that team. No, we're but, talking but, about we're talking about taking out Derrick Henry. General confusion. Yeah, yeah taking out Derrick Henry is a big deal. My problem with this Nino situation is that he's not getting the same treatment as Aaron Rodgers. They both lied on it. They Speak both on. lied. So what is the difference between the, how you're going to punish him with a three game suspension and then slap Aaron Rodgers on the on the wrist with? $14,000 fine. $14,000 fine me- means nothing. I mean, <laughs> okay, dude, you're fine. 14000 from the ozone. It doesn't mean anything to, <laughs> no, no, it might not mean nothing. <laughs> Just, I, <damn. laughs> I think that the big thing that's, uh, that they're trying to lean on is that Antonio Brown falsified a government document. Well, that's but between him and the government. Them, I was just about to say, both of them have misrepresented their vaccination status. Yeah, to their teams. To their teams. And to the league. Uh And and they they are showing their selfishness in that. They're willing to hurt the team, the league, league and everything else. Where the value lies. And the the value lies with them, with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Which is very interesting. Which is not right. Because that's the NFL. Yeah. That's, you Be- know. Because you can't say that what Aaron Rodgers, what Nino has done is that much worse than Aaron Rodgers. I, I feel more slighted by what Aaron Rodgers has done more than Nino. I really do because he lied to his teammates. And then he went into the public and, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm immunized. Yeah. Immunized, played wordplay. <laughs> uh, word play? You want to play with something else? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. You, you're, not, you're not being right. You're, you're not right at the core. As a person, no. you know what I'm saying? And I agree. Antonio, I'm just saying that they both should have to pay the exact same penalty. I hear what you're saying, Chuck. I hear what you're saying. Who you like for the Super Bowl at this point? <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals, definitely. Yeah. And honestly, Bill Belichick, what are you trying to make some noise? The Patriots. Last the night, Bill Belichick just stuffed the ball down Buffalo's throat. And locked them up. They threw because the ball three times. That's it. I don't need to well, throw I'm running it back. I'm running back. You can't stop it. Yeah. And he understands defense more so, and this he can control the pace of the game. He can go against a Patrick Mahomes and everything. Keep the keep the mistakes down to a minimum, and keep the ball Matt out Jones of his hands. And hand. keep the ball out of their hands, and you can win like that. It's it's always been no, the only thing that they have to worry about is just making a mistake, and a team like a Kansas City capitalize on it. But I think that you can beat a Kansas City like that. You can be. I think that the team, especially if Derrick Henry came back, would be a problem. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. Because he can do the same thing, except he gets to the house with his run. He does and punishes the <laughs> Yeah, and they have a small defense. They have a fast defense, but it's small, meaning the, the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, folks, action pack. We got baseball to talk about. We got basketball to talk about. We're going to leave you now, come back at you sooner than later with another edition. We'll leave you with a quote from Thomas Carlyle, which is, Endurance is patience concentrated. Tighten up, folks. Focus on your patience and all the virtues and the fruits of the spirit. And let's make this place better because we're in a dark time right now. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry. And this is The Ozone. Ozone. Ozone.